Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday, June 26, 2023. My name is Jackie, and this is another episode of Memo by Gaia Legal. Um, we are in cancer season. Cancer is all about the home, family, children, mother, maternal, the environment in which we live. Um, cancer is ruled by the moon as opposed to the sun. The sun is, in, is going to be coming up after the moon in Leo, which is all about our external action, generally speaking, as an individual, the ego into the world, but we all live in an environment. So the moon is about the environment. And for this first week of cancer season, going to be speaking on education, how to find the proper educational environment for your child that is child-centered. Um, and then also thinking about other related topics like pregnancy, discrimination, Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which comes out tomorrow, June 27th, 2023. So the schedule for this week is today on Monday, um, Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, because it comes out tomorrow. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, just understanding um, kind of values to consider when you're trying to choose a proper school environment for a child, because those values and which ones you choose may determine um, whether you prefer public school, private school, or homeschool. Think, you know, one is not necessarily better than the other. It just depends on what your values, your objectives, um, kind of how you want to live your life, but qualitatively and quantitatively, like do you want certain scores? Do you want certain access? Here are ways that have a higher chance, a higher probability that will get you there because of what they offer. So we just have to choose um, the right instrument or the music that we want to play or the music that our children want to play with the song that is their lives. Um, this is their soul song, right? So that's going to be on Tuesday. Um, I also want to cover on Tuesday kind of the zone of proximal development because I think at least mentally it's something to consider when you are um, choosing the proper environment for the child. What environment is going to best kind of help support the child through that zone. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, homeschool, private school, public school, the structure will be where are the pros of the system, where are the drawbacks of the system, where do we need to supplement um, for this type of system, and all, of course, the legal considerations beyond that. So that's the remainder of this week. So for today, let's start with the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. Um, just what is it? When does it go into effect? Um, how do you submit a charge? Where do you submit a charge? How does this fit into the scope of the legal system? And then um, that's it. So this is going to be very, very, very high level. Of course, as this comes out, and if you have a claim, uh, I can refer you to someone. I don't necessarily practice in this area. I'm just giving this here because it is part of like raising children and it's something that people should be aware about. But I do not practice in the EEOC, even though I do have experience um, as a law student, of course, coursework specific to employment discrimination. But these are things that I would refer you out to someone who just specializes in this area. But I know enough to kind of like give you just the high level to know, you know, hey, you should probably go over here and check this out. 
so what is the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act is coming out on June 27th, uh, 2023. It's a new law that requires covered employers. Okay, so that's a term of art. Number one, was a covered employer to provide, number two, reasonable accommodations to a worker's known, number three, limitations related to pregnancy, childbirth, or other related medical conditions, unless, so the employer has a defense, if the employer can prove that the accommodation will cause an undue hardship, so undue hardship, it's very gray on purpose, um, they'll have to demonstrate that if you have an undue hardship, then hey, this Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, um, we don't have to provide this reasonable accommodation because it's infringing now business on our ability to act in the marketplace or, or be profitable or have commercial value in the way we see fit. So we have to balance rights, right? Like, yes, we have the rights of pregnant persons, but we also have the rights of people to transact in the marketplace in the way they see fit. And judges are there to mediate. The EEOC is there, administrative agencies here are to mediate competing values. Because once we enter into conflict like this, either in an administrative agency or then after the administrative agency, if you end up um, litigating in the courts, um, this is all. These are all value judgments, and the values reflect um, the values of the people making those judgments. And how do you adjust the values of the people making those judgments? Well, that's like where our spiritual, inspirational people come through. So, Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. Who is a number one covered employer? Okay, so do I even work for a covered employer? Um, covered employers are people who have 15 or more employees. I'm just making sure in my notes here, right? Yes. Covered employers include private and public sector employers with at least 15 employees, Congress, federal agencies, employment agencies, and labor organizations. Okay. So if you work for someone and they do not have 15 employees, not 15 contractors, employees, W-2 employees, that is who this applies to. So again, if you do not work for an employer, if you're a contractor, this does not apply. This does not apply. Okay, so covered employers, uh, reasonable accommodations. Oh, let me just make sure. Yeah, okay. To provide reasonable accommodations. So reasonable accommodations is a term of art. And usually the administrative agency, they provide some guidance of what could be considered reasonable, just some examples. And what, um, if it's not on the list, maybe it may not be reasonable. So setting the tone, what are some, you know, theoretically, because we can't file until tomorrow, where are some theoretically reasonable accommodations? So if you're a pregnant worker with an employer, 15 employees or more being able to sit or drink water. You know, there are probably some employers out there where you can't, especially in like factory work or whatever. Closer parking, having more flexible hours. Having more flexible hours does not mean working remotely. Okay, I already see that coming up. Just because you're pregnant does not mean you have to work remote. Um, re receiving appropriately sized uniforms and safety apparel. Receiving additional breaks to use the bathroom, to eat, to take... Um, Rest, taking leave or time off to recover from childbirth, being excused from strenuous activities or exposure to chemicals not safe for pregnancy. So these are all reasonable accommodations. 
um, to a worker's known limitations. Okay, so that's another that's another key indicator, a known limitation. You have to, as the worker, make it known to the employer that you are pregnant and that you need these accommodations. Because if you do not make it known, then this will not apply. You do not get the coverage here. So you also have um, responsibility. So what are what do you have to make known? Number one, I'm pregnant. Number two, I'm giving birth to a child. Number three, related medical conditions. So what is related medical conditions? Um, probably something related to the process of pregnancy, childbirth. Like let's just say you got diagnosed with preeclampsia. Let's just say you developed some sort of requirement for a surgery because of your pregnancy or because of childbirth. Um, it could possibly include postpartum. Um, like if you ended up with postpartum depression, it could be included in there. But these are things, this is a new law, so we're going to have to see how it's going to be interpreted, right? So reasonable accommodations. So we want reasonable accommodations, known limitations. However, the defense, unless the accommodation will cause the employer an undue hardship, the employer would say, hey, this is what this employee is doing. This is the effect that it's on our, having on our business. And we are no longer able to carry out the objectives of our business in the way that we are also free to transact in the marketplace. Therefore, us not providing this water break, us not providing um, this break, um, us not providing this person time to like work remotely or whatever, to work to a different location. Like we are excused from that because it's an undue burden or undue, undue hardship. Sorry, not, not complaining the two. Undue hardship. Undue hardship is the language. So, right, like that's why when it comes to these things, when the administrative agency gives guidance, we should be sticking relatively close to those things. If you are not close to that list, more likely going to end up in the district court, right? Um, so what does the Pregnancy Workers Fairness Act prohibit? So covered employers cannot do these five things. So you should know your rights. Number one, they cannot require an employee, again, employee, to accept an accommodation without a discussion about the accommodation between the worker and the employer. So there should be a discussion of some sort you of course have your rights. You don't have to accept it. So that's kind of saying like covering the other end of it, if you're pregnant and there's people that just like sympathize and like you don't, or like are overly, they feel like you're overly like weak just because you're pregnant. Oh no, like that's none of this. You're not overly weak just because you're pregnant. Like you need to have a discussion and say, hey, this is what I need. Employer, respond to those needs. People should not be assuming needs and so on and so forth. So number two, they cannot, the employer cannot deny a job or other employment opportunities to a qualified employee based on your need for reasonable accommodation, right? That's discrimination on disability. And when I say disability, we all know pregnant people are not disabled. Disability just brings up a whole like, you know, lineage of legal cases that are disability cases and disability is a legal term in this sense not a moral or ethical term we all know that you know pregnant people they're just differently able they're you know you know it's a natural process no one is shaming pregnant people by using the word or intending to shame pregnant people by using the word disabled it's just 
in the law, it's easier to classify things because in the law, like certain words carry with it a lot of assumptions, um, not moral ethical assumptions, just assumptions about the legal interpretation. So we need to use that because a pregnant person, you could benefit from law where people are disabled with like a, a disability. It's because it's kind of a similar but different situation. So that's all. Uh, number three, covered employees cannot require an employee to take leave. If another reasonable accommodation can be provided that would let the employee keep working. Covered employees cannot retaliate against a pregnant person for reporting or opposing unlawful discrimination under this act. Um, and they cannot otherwise interfere with any individual rights under the Pregnancy Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. So there are other, um, other uh, laws that can come into place. So you can also have Title VII. Both are, are enforced by the EEOC. So Title VII protects an employee from discrimination based on pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions. And also the ADA protects an employee from discrimination based on disability. So pregnancy is not a disability under the ADA. Some pregnancy-related conditions may be disabilities under the law. So, you know, this is just a high-level overview, again, informing you that this is coming out tomorrow. These are your rights. And I, the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, when we think about raising children, it begins not just at conception, but it begins with the health of the parents' preconception. So, you know, the parents, all the lineage, everything you're built, bringing into the environment, never going to be quote perfect or ideal, but you, you have, you know, when you get pregnant, this is like where we're starting. And then the mother's health, the support of the mother, community support, partner support during the pregnancy. And then of course, like the actual um, childbirth experience itself, the postpartum. And then, um, then you start in the raising of the child, the schooling, the environment. It's always about the environment. So like the moon, cancer season, the maternal, the mothering, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a reproducing person. Anybody can act as a mother role, as a maternal role, as a nurturing role. And the school, in a sense, does act as a maternal nurturing role because it's providing the environment, the soil in which the child's soul is going to be nurtured, grow, and develop. So just trying to define my terms for this week um, so we know. But yeah, that's all. Pregnant Workers Fairness Act. And this is very similar to other um, areas. If you feel like you have some sort of, you know, special case, you can sometimes use these laws as a way to communicate with the employer again that, hey, like these are certain things that I need um, and that's available. But if you're a contractor, you have your own business, you kind of like these necessarily don't apply to you because like if you're a business owner, you can make your own schedule and you give yourself these rights. Um, if you're a contractor, you give yourself these rights because you're making up your own schedule. And you have time freedom. This is really for people who are, um, again, like an employee, employee situation. So that's all. Um, I'm trying to think, sorry, I'm like moving very slow for this Monday. Anything else? Okay. I think like the next step for anybody who's a pregnant childbearing 
employee, um, I think the, the next step in, is making it known, making it known that, hey, this act is coming out tomorrow. It's going to apply tomorrow. June 27th, I am making it known, formal documentation, email, letter, however, not just a conversation because there's no documentation. Make their written documentation with a date stamp, even timestamp if you want. Hey, um, I am attaching the requested reasonable accommodations for my pregnancy, whatever, childbirth, whatever. I am requesting this accommodation under this act, Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, because that gives you the authority to be supported. Um, the government's going to support you in this. I am experiencing these restrictions, okay? Depression, anxiety, exhaustion, blah, 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 whatever. I would like these accommodations to support me in these moments of restriction. And I'm, ex I, I'm seeking, you know, extension of leave, a change in schedule, more breaks, whatever, whatever. If you have a doctor's note to support this, even better, of course, please let me know. So all you can do, the next step is all you can do is make the request. And I think that making the request and seeing how it goes, because the employer can always say, hey, this presents an un undue hardship. If you have an employer who you don't know is gonna be difficult with you for whatever reason, they may just come back and say undue hardship. And then that's when you take the next step. But, um, Hopefully, people will see you as a person. And I think just coming in and being honest and saying, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need. Even sometimes the most hard-hearted people, their hearts will soften and warm when you're not coming in, like attacking them or like standing on your contract rights. I say that a lot, like standing on your contract rights just because it's a black letter law, like this is what it is. Um, but if you're open, warm, receptive to negotiation, then um, people are more willing to work with you. And you have to also understand the business owner's position because if you come into this at like, I'm entitled to these rights because I'm a pregnant person, like you are more than welcome to have that perspective um, if that's your perspective. But sometimes it's just like, it's a, it's a stupid saying, like it's very cliche, but it's very true. Um, you catch more bees with honey, or I don't know. Oh my God. I don't even know. I should not even say that. But, but basically the extent, <laughs> the extent of this is, it's like, you know, just be open, receptive. I know this is going to bother me. Oh my God. Okay. What is that? You catch, oh, catch me flies. Oh yeah. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I just, oh, this is so embarrassing. You can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. I feel like George W. when he was like... <laughs> He was in that I convert to help bless the Lord George W. When he was like, fool me twice, like fool me once, shame on shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I think that's what he's trying to say. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But he like totally botched it. Go online, Google it, George W. Some somewhere in the two thousands. I feel like that was like my George W moment. So anyway, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And I think the same applies here. And just generally speaking, even if you're not a pregnant or child, child birthing person, um, when we have an issue with another party, trying to first empathize with what are the, you know, what are their values? What are their concerns? What, what, are, 
what are the things that are going to deny me from this request? And putting yourself there and saying, okay, like how proactively negotiating and be like, okay, how can I come in to a place where I'm just, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to win a war. I'm trying to just see people as people. And, um, but also, you know, stand up for my rights. It's a very artful, nuanced thing. And it depends on a lot of things that are not going to be covered in this episode. And so we're going to stop with just what is the Pregnancy Workers Fairness Act and what can you do as a next step to, um, as an employee to make your rights known to your employer in a situation to get the support that you need, right? Okay, so that is step one. Tomorrow, we're going to be going over kind of um, the purpose of education, more of the values of education, proximal zone of development, which I think is like really key when trying to place our children or students in the proper environment, in the proper experiences. It's like children are like plants. Um, observe them, water them, give them the right nutrition. Every plant is different. Every child is different. Your soul needs something different for its growth. So how are some ways that we can determine what this soul needs? And sometimes the soul doesn't need any intervention from us, which is cool too. Um, but what does the soul need for its growth? So let me write that down because you know I'm not doing outlines. Soul needs uh, proximal zone development. That's tomorrow. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll talk about the different environments and then the legal implications, legal things you need to know behind those environments. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Thank you all for tuning in and I will see you tomorrow.